Amen, amen. Well, let me just get this mic to my wife and she can tell that story. Why don't we tell that <laughs> about the typewriter? Why don't we tell that story? Oh, no, we won't tell that story. <laughs> amen. We just really love it here and uh, we really do consider it a privilege and honor, Aaron and I do, to be here. We made some comments last night. I think maybe it might have shocked some people, but it's just really true. You know, you have to do what the Lord's told you to do, but if it weren't for the fact that he told us to go to Colorado and start a work of which is going to be a healing center, and um, we've said that before, but you know, timing is a really wonderful thing, and sometimes patience is a very interesting thing too, you know, to be patient for the right timing and for things to start. We certainly seem to feel in our heart like we are in that season now for this healing center to start. In fact, um, I knew when I came here, I just knew that. I knew it by the Holy Ghost, just my time of prayer, that when I got here, that Pastor Mark would have something to say that would help to put me over in the, in the area of an idea of how to get it started. And sure enough, without fail, amen, the other night we started talking and just a brilliant idea. Um, he possibly could say, well, that just seemed like one of the, the simple ideas to do, but I didn't think of it. So I don't know if he knows, but it was so God what he said, and so we'll just pray around about that of how actually to move forward with some things. But our healing center is going to have uh, a laboratory attached to it. And we're going to prove everything. So when our healings go on, on social media, uh, just like in my, my phone, I've got a picture of a little boy that's Down syndrome, about eight years of age. We ministered to him. And of course, his parents grabbed a hold of, of what was being preached and what was being shared and the anointing on his life. And within one year, God put a chromosome back in that boy. His face looks just like his mother. Doctors have given him. Yeah. Amen. Changed his complete appearance and changed his cognitive ability. Doctors said your son's able to go right back to school in his normal grade of where he would be. So, I mean, think about that from the standpoint of, you know, you, you love your children and you're willing to give your life for them. And this is my life. And all of a sudden, God changed that little boy. And now he's back to normal. Isn't that awesome? So, uh, we're going to take all the healings that come through. And of course, as you can imagine, once you start posting things that, that doctors have signed off on, one after the other, after the other, after the other. I mean, just a couple months ago, I was in a service and there was a little boy there that was crippled, deaf and dumb. I didn't even touch him, but the preaching of the word. Amen, that's what I want you to get ready for. The preaching of the word. Set that boy free. He ran up on the platform. And then um, I didn't know, but I just looked at him and said, say Jesus. And he goes, Jesus. And I found out he was deaf and dumb. God loosed his tongue, opened his ears, and set his feet to dancing. Amen. All with just 10 seconds. Amen. And so we're really delighted to see the things that God wants to do, but the world needs to know it. And they need to know that we Christians aren't just flapping our gums about this stuff. You know, the further the divide gets between what's real and what's not real, the easier it is for the world to pick us apart. And that's why we've got to have uh, validity. And if it takes getting... Now, we don't need to go to a doctor to know that the arm that didn't work now works. We don't need them to tell us, spend $300 for them to tell us that, hey, your arm looks good. <laughs> I know, I've been using it. <laughs> but the world needs to see that because there's a revival that is coming to this world. Amen. Amen. 
And I'm telling you, I'm sitting over there getting ready, getting ready to come up here, and I'm, I'm just getting downloaded on, like rain is in this place. There's anointing in this place. There's presence here. There's tangibility here. We're not just in a service. We're not just uh, listening to a speaker. God's in this place. And he's beginning to move upon hearts that are open even right now. Hungry hearts. Those that believe that they could be touched and healed tonight. There's presence. There's substance. Ah, hallelujah. Come on, you know scriptures. Now faith is the what? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Substance of what? Things that you would confidently expect or hope for. So what does God do? He takes your hopes, what you're confidently expecting. Where would you get a confident expectation? Well, the Bible is a book of hope. Where you don't have an answer, you read in the Bible and find out somebody actually got a a result in the very area where you don't have an answer. And hope rises in your heart. But it's faith that gives substance. Where does that faith come from? Well, it's the divine nature of God that has faith in it. It comes by being, by being a human being. And when you come on over to the side of God and let Jesus come to live on the inside of you, he gives you the faith of God. The God kind of faith. The kind of faith that can take from what is unseen, grab a hold of it, bring it into this earthly realm, and change things. That's why it says faith is the what? What kind of substance is that? Earthly materiality or heavenly materiality? It's the heavenly DNA, materiality, substance that made this earth that your faith taps into and you don't have to try. It's a matter of your belief. And when you're made a believer... Just like donkeys bray, cats meow, dogs bark, believers what? Uh Uh-huh. It's not something that we work on. It's a part of our makeup. When you become a believer, you naturally do what? You use faith, which means you do what? You release substance. That's why everywhere you go, and especially if we all came together, how much substance is in this room? There's ability here, substance here. There are things in this room that God can work with to show you earthly realities, like shoulders being mended in this room right now and ears opening up and ringing stop and people's eyes becoming clear when they were cloudy. Amen? Amen. Internal organs like hearts being healed and lungs breathing. Someone in here is receiving lungs that can run where you can breathe and you don't hack and and cough because you're well, amen, allergies disappearing, asthma disappearing, amen. These things are just normal for those who are in Christ because Jesus has already cleared the playing field where these things are no longer a part of our lives because he defeated them, he disarmed them, amen. They have no power and yet we as believers carry in our being the substance of the other world that the Holy Ghost who lives in us takes that substance as we believe in him and manifests, brings to light, reveals the glory of heaven where the earth looks like heaven. That's what's happening in this room right now. 
Hips are being healed. You may have been told that you're on your way to a hip replacement. That's exactly right. And tonight is surgery. Broken bones that don't heal as they should. Tonight is the night where they heal. Hallelujah. Amen. I got a little bit of extra hallelujah on that one. I was thinking when Pastor Mark was standing back here, I was going to sing the song, Onward Christian Soldier. I don't think that's what they meant when they were singing that song. Electronics can move you forward. Amen. This is nice. Come on, work with me a little bit. We're believers in this room. We're believers. Let's just for a moment believe something. Amen. Let's just believe him. Father, we thank you that in this room, it is power packed full of faith. And faith gives substance to the needs and desires and hopes that are in this room to experience you in all your glory from the tip of our toes to the top of our head, from the organs that are vital inside of our body to the way that our blood flows through our veins, to our skin, to our bones and muscles and joints, to brain cells. Like that little boy, you put a chromosome back in that was necessary to change his face, to change the way that he thought and to bring him into normality. You can do that because you have our blueprint. So tonight it's so simple to think that the power and the glory and the anointing and your presence that's in this room will begin from this very moment to produce something wonderful. And in this, we can agree together and say amen. Amen. Take your Bibles. Let's go over to Mark chapter 5. I know you've never been there before, but let's go there. Mark chapter 5. I want to share a couple things with you about faith, which is really, really different for me because for quite some time I've not spoken on faith just because we've had so much faith teaching that when you mention the subject, people immediately uh, default into the way that they've heard it. So I always switch the names up. Maybe I'll teach on trust or conviction, resolve, things that all encompass someone that believes, but just try to use the word faith out. But tonight we're actually going to use that word, faith, and talk about it a little bit because I believe that there's some things that are going to be stirred up in here. And by all means, don't wait, please. You're not going to, you know, healing meetings or meetings where people get helped, they're messy. In other words, interruptions. People will run right in the midst of your preaching. People will shout right in the midst of, their, of your preaching because a tumor will disappear and an ear will open up and someone can tell that there's heat on a hip that was supposed to be operated in so they don't really care because they'd rather get healed than be pristine in all the different ways that we're supposed to act and they just run. And then usually when they run and they find out that they're healed, they may even shout while they're running. <laughs> so see, it may disrupt your normal way of thinking that we're all acting so, you know, perfectly right in this room. Well, that's not how it is with healing. 
So please don't wait to the end and have to have me tell you what to do in order to get your healing. You know, if you've come here tonight and there's problems, there's symptoms in your body, you should be expecting those things to disappear within seconds. Not even minutes, just within seconds. Why? Because we just believe something and your belief is substance and it's the substance from the other world that changes everything in this one. Amen. I mean, when you put your hands on gorders that are as big as a basketball and you see that an unseen person poked that gorder with a pin and it just under your hand, and then it's gone. All of a sudden it kind of freaks you out a little bit and you can't be normal anymore. You actually have to be spiritual and think that there is something so much as to say like angels and heaven and glory and Jesus. And it's not just in a book that we find that it's in your life. Amen. So Mark in chapter five here for a moment. Man, someone's being healed right now. I'm, I'm just getting really downloaded right now. And so uh, you just go ahead and be healed. Amen. Amen. We'll look at verse 25. It says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all she had, but was no better, rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I can touch his clothes, I shall be well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body. She was healed of the affliction. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Isn't it interesting that her faith did what? It accessed substance. Amen. You don't even have to press through a crowd to get that because Jesus is living in you. Amen. The powerhouse and power source of what Jesus, as he walked, became for that woman is something that actually lives inside of you. So the wonderful glory that's in you, Jesus gave us a picture over in John 7 when he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He was saying, this power now doesn't have to come from a person to go inside of you. It's already in there in Christ. So it'll just bubble up and flow out of you. Imagine if all of us began to release the rivers that are inside of us, what would begin to happen? Man, we'd be swimming in this room, which means we probably wouldn't go home the same as we came. We might need designated drivers. Come on, the presence of the Lord is so wonderful. That's that's so much to do with what we're talking about. Yes, I'm so thankful for, for foundational scriptures and foundational teaching because we need that. Amen. To be so that we're we're not weird. Have you been to a church where they're weird? Yeah. But we're not weird, thank God. But at the same time, you can be so not weird, but not spiritual at all. I thank God for the power. Jesus is real and tangible. So she touched him. Immediately she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Jesus immediately, knowing himself that power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And of course, he looked around to see who had done this. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. (laughs) Okay, let me set this up. So Aaron and I did have the pleasure of traveling with Reverend Kenneth E. Hagan. He went on to be with the Lord in 2003. And uh, before he did, for seven years I was with him. For two and a half or so, Aaron was with him. With me, when we got married, she came on the road and traveled as well, and we sang. So what a wonderful privilege it was. I know uh, Whitley had a chance to be with the crusade team for a few years there uh, at Rame as well with uh, Pastor Hagan. 
Um, and so we were with Brother Hagen, his father. And we traveled. Now there's a many wonderful ministry gifts that were with, uh, with him at that time. One of them was, and they're just a wonderful ministry gift today, uh, Kevin and Annie Durant. And during that time, um, when Brother Hagen would be setting up the meeting and all, we'd be in big, large halls. We'd have meetings, you know, usually two, three, four, five thousand camp meeting. There were 20,000 people that came, 10,000 people a night. And so, you know, you're in large halls, large meetings, and you got to give good instructions. And a lot of times he turned to Annie, and Annie would set up the service. And so one night she was setting up the service while he was getting ready to go lay hands on the people. And she said, just like the woman with the issue of blood said, she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall, I shall, be, um, I shall be made well. And um, she just went on with the service. After the service was over, Brother Hagen was up there by, on the platform uh, by the chair that he had been sitting on. And instead of going to the back room, he stayed there. And she kind of noticed that he was there. She turned around and looked. And then she closed the service and everybody began to depart. And he stayed there. And she turned around again and she looked at him and he waved his finger and he said, come here. So she went up to him and this is what he said. He didn't say, nice service, wonderful, this, that, and that. He just said, that's not what she said. And she said, excuse me, sir? And he said, that's not what she said. She didn't say, I shall be made well. She said, I shall be well. He said, there's a difference. See, you have to be absolute. We like to put other words in front of absolute so that it gives us a little wiggle room. But if you can take all the wiggle room out and still advance toward the Lord, you're going to get a result. Because it's the absoluteness of seeing things like he sees it that causes you to experience what he's given us. That's not what she said. She didn't say, I know I shall be well. She said, I shall be well. So then that causes me to ask the question, what's the responsibility of being well? What does it look like to be well? Because the Lord certainly, what? Made a point of saying what that woman said, I shall be well. And the moment she touched, she felt in her body, she was healed of the plague. Jesus turned around him because immediately he felt that power went out of it. So whatever she said in the way that she said it, it worked really well. So what does it mean to be well? Interesting thought, isn't it? So I begin to go back and I think a little bit about one of the stories that we heard for year after year, crusade after crusade. You know, traveling with Brother Hagin, we would hear things over and over again. That's always encouraged me in case I've ever had to preach the same sermon twice, which I usually don't do much of that. But when I do, at least I think back to him as he would always turn in the morning sessions to, he said, everybody take your Bibles and turn to, and everybody would say, Mark chapter 11. That's right, Mark chapter 11. <laughs> he preached on it so much, people thought he wrote it. <laughs> and he'd say, well, some of you are wondering, how come I'm going to Mark chapter 11? He said, because it's a good verse of scripture. He said, do you have any problem when people sing a good song more than once? He said then, there's no problem us going to a good scripture more than once. And I liked how he said that. But nonetheless, I think about his story 
about him being raised up from a deathbed. Now, I want you to pay attention to something because remember now, we're full of substance and when you start to believe things, the Holy Ghost is very active. You look at the Holy Ghost and usually you're going to find him moving and doing something like fire falling, amen, like a wind blowing in and people speaking in other tongues, amen, like rivers that flow out of your body, amen. One time the Holy Ghost said to me, go ahead and study verbs. And I was so excited, jumped up and down. I said, why'd you jump up and down? Because I actually knew what one was. Amen? <laughs> I mean, that'd be terrible for the Lord to say, study verb. What's well, a verb? You know? So thank God I knew. Action words. And if you look at action words concerning the Lord, it'll really inspire you. The Holy Ghost likes to move, and he'll move with you. And if your heart, even right now, is real excited about experiencing some things, the Holy Ghost most likely is already encamped upon you. Most likely, he's already hovering upon you. Most likely, there's a warmth being administered to you, and there's electricity going into your body. There's a stirring up of the substance that's in your soul that causes things in this earth to change. And that's happening right now. I won't say that too many times more until somebody gets a hold of the idea when I'm saying that's happening right now. Somebody should probably experience it. That's happening right now. But we'll say that a few more times. So, <clears throat> Brother Hagen was sick before he entered into ministry. And as a young man, he had a deformed heart and incurable blood disease, and he had paralysis in his body. And here he is as a 16-year-old. He's laying in bed in those hot Texas uh, summer times. And he didn't have much cognitive ability at that time because of the sickness that was in his body. But he was doing the best he could to study the scriptures. He said, when I got a hold of the Bible, he said, I just cried when I looked at the, at the cover and it said, Holy Bible. I held it to my chest and I kissed it and I said, this is my Bible. He said, I opened it up and he said, I saw the table of context. It said Old Testament and New Testament. I thought, I don't know how much time I have to live, so I better start in the new. If he started in the new, can you tell me which, which uh, book of the Bible he started with? Matthew, that's right which means he made it all the way over to Mark chapter 11 before he got his healing. And he said it during the summer months, he could only turn one page at a time. So now he's reading two pages. He said during the winter months, it seemed like I had a little bit more mobility. I could turn four or five pages at a time. And he said, so I'd read what? I'd read anywhere from eight to 10 pages a day. He said when he read in, in Mark chapter 5 about the woman with the issue of blood and Jesus turned to her and said, daughter, your faith has made you well. He said immediately I said to myself, if her faith could make her well, my faith can make me well. And then he needed another what? Six chapters to get over and find where Jesus said, have the faith of God concerning that fig tree that he cursed that was dried up from the roots. And all of a sudden he got over into the 23rd and 24th verse and began to see some action of how to actually use his faith. And he camped on verse 24. Therefore, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He was going over those verses and over those verses and it just dawned upon his soul, I know I believe. So without being disrespectful, he said this out loud while he's laying on that bed. He said, Lord Jesus Christ, I don't mean to be disrespectful. He said, but if you were standing here personally present in the flesh, I would say to you, if you told me I don't believe, I'd call you a liar because I know I do. 
And he said, when he said that, he heard a voice speak up in his spirit that said, you believe as far as you know. And he said that became his first revelation. You can't believe beyond what you know. Amen. Amen. One of the best translations that I see concerning Mark chapter 10, verse 17, because sometimes we, we get over there talking about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and we want to stay and, and embellish the idea you need to keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing for it to come, which is not necessarily a good way to say it because then it puts people on a rabbit trail like a cat chasing its tail to hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and wait for something to hit them over the head to let them know that it came. Your human spirit is not dumb, it's smart. It's one with God, Amen. One translation I heard says it this way. Faith is awakened by hearing God speak. And if you'll follow through the scriptures, you'll see whenever God spoke to people, faith was awakened and their action to what God said brought what? Substance and results. Holy Ghost said to him, you believe as far as you know. Well, he went right back into those scriptures, said there must be something I'm missing. I need to see it. And as he began to look into those scriptures, he began to see that Mark chapter 11, verse 24 said, therefore, whatsoever things you desire, believe you receive them and you shall have them. When you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And all of a sudden he saw it. He said, I'm trying to have them before I actually believe that I have them. I need to believe that I have them before I have them. Because when you believe you have them, that's when you release what? Substance for it to work. So out loud he said, I see it, I see it, I see it. I need to believe that I receive it before I have it. He said, in, in the presence of Almighty God, Jesus and the Holy Ghost and his angels, and if the devil's here and his demons, I'll say it like this. I believe I receive my healing from the incurable blood disease, from the deformed heart and from the paralysis in my body. <clears throat> when he said that, the Holy Ghost spoke. Now I'm going to stop and interject right here. For the next 10, 15 minutes as we're going, I want you to pay attention to what you see. I want, to pay, I want you to pay attention to what you hear. What do you mean? Well, as we're preaching, you might have an impression. Get up and run. You might have an impression. Move that shoulder. You might have an impression. Close one eye and look with the other. You might see yourself doing it. You might see yourself doing deep knee bends. A little flash comes before your face and your imagination picks up on what the Holy Ghost is trying to do to work with you so you'll work with him. Substance can be in the room and you still not be healed. Luke chapter 5 tells us that. The Bible says as Jesus was preaching in that little synagogue area that the power of the Lord was present to heal them, plural, them. And yet we know only one got healed. That means there were others there that didn't get what they could have gotten because they didn't do something with what they had. Even that man was let down through the roof and the Bible says, and they saw their faith, meaning everyone saw what they believed, which is, I don't care if we can't get in that door, that door, or that door. We gave this guy a one-way ticket and we're not carrying him home. 
he's heavy. <laughs> Amen. So we already told him, bucko, you get one way and the rest of the way you come home with us, you walk. So they took the tile and moved it apart, let him in before Jesus, and Jesus saw their faith. Everyone else saw their faith, and there was power in the room to heal them, and yet he's still on that cot, not well. And Jesus even said to him, son, your sins are forgiven, which in back in that day, people believed if you had sickness, it was because you were in sin. It's under the old covenant. When Jesus said your sins are forgiven, it's the same thing as saying what? Get up and walk. Could he have gotten up and walked? Well, Jesus just released him to get up and walk. Did the man know what to do? He didn't know what to do. So now Jesus had to fight with the mentality of the Pharisees that were all reasoning in their hearts. Who is this and who does he think he is that he being a man can forgive sin? Jesus went ahead and just, you know, called him out on it. Why do you reason in your hearts this way? Which is easier to forgive sin or to heal the sick? So what did Jesus say about healing of the sick, raising a man up with paralysis? He said, it's just as easy as forgiving the sin. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sin, he said to the man, take up your bed and walk. And boom, he took up his bed. And as he began to make advancement toward obedience to the word, the power that was in the room changed his body. Just like the Holy Ghost was so anxious to say to Brother Hagin, well, you believe as far as you know. And then once he saw it like he saw it, the Holy Ghost spoke again. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is always involved in every single healing. Mm. The life of a believer is not so much in the studying of your theological position or your doctrine as it is in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. When you become the righteousness of God in Christ, that's not a tag that you carry with you just to get a healing or some type of victory. That is the ability of anyone who is the righteousness of God in Christ to enter into the very holy of holies to God Almighty himself and sit down and enjoy the presence of a person. Because you have now entered into a relationship where that person wants to be involved in every single thing you do to enhance and bless everything you put your hands to and to speak to your heart about everything you're getting ready to come in contact with or you already have been in contact with so that you are nothing but a continual testimony of God's greatness that what God did in you was more than enough. For you to walk in one victory and miracle after another. The idea that we as believers make a miracle as though it's something special is within itself wrong. A miracle to a believer is like breathing air. Oh, brother, we need a supernatural touch. Well, what kind of touch did you think you were going to get if you're connected to God? We act like it's a lottery ticket and if we can all pray enough, maybe we can win. Not knowing that every Christian gets a lifetime of winning lottery tickets. You can't use them up in a lifetime. And if you did use them up, you get a fresh new load every day because he daily loads you with benefits. Someone's being healed right now. Someone's lungs are being healed right now. Pain in your, your, where you would have a migraine is being released right now. 
I always like watching popcorn pop. You say, how come? Because someone has to go first. It's just the way people are. All those corns are just as hot. But they hold out until someone goes first. And then... And yes, there may be a few dud corn, you know, kernels that couldn't pop if they tried. But for those few... They're swallowed up in popcorn. I'm going to keep working on you until I find that one kernel. So what what did the Lord say to Brother Hagin? He said, I see it, I see it. I need to believe I receive it before I actually what? Before I have it. And the Holy Ghost said, that's right, that's right. Now you believe you're well. Hmm. Brother Hagin said out loud because he heard the Holy Ghost say that. Yes, I do. I do believe I'm well. Well, did the Lord leave him at that? Because he could have been on the bed believing he was well and never got off. We don't take it to the next step. Half this testimony is that he didn't have, you know, Game Boy or an iPhone to occupy his time. So he actually had a listening ear to what the Holy Ghost was saying. It was quiet enough in solitude. Couldn't get up to turn on the the radio. He didn't have a remote. So in that silence, when he said, I see it, I see it, the Holy Ghost said, now you believe you're well. Notice what what he said. Believe you're well. You believe, you do what? You release substance. What does that substance do? It fulfills your hope. Now you believe you're well. I do. Guess what the Holy Ghost said? Well, people ought to be up at 1030 in the morning. I used that on my kids as they were trying to sleep in when they were younger. (laughs) Well, people ought to be up at 1030 in the morning, you know. Look at what the Holy Ghost said to him. Now you believe you're well. That's right, I do. I do. I believe I'm well. Well, people ought to be up at 1030 in the morning. Guess what? He hadn't thought about that part. That's just like that man that's hanging down there in that roof, right? He has faith to be healed. Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. He could have got up, but he didn't know how to connect the dots. Aren't you thankful that the Holy Ghost wants to help you to connect the dots? Hallelujah. There's somebody that even in your chair right now, even in your chair, without getting up and without worrying about the fact that there's about six or 700 people here tonight and that everybody's going to look at you if you do something crazy like run or shout or any of that kind of stuff. Even in your chair, you can move around in a back that's been hurting you so bad that you wince at times when you begin to move a certain way. You can put pressure on it and move that way and find out there's not one pain in your back right now. And if you want to, you can just give me just a half of a wave. (laughs) And you can become the first kernel that pops. PJ, what's happening? Hallelujah. Thank God. Blood pressure going down. Amen. Why wouldn't it? I said, why wouldn't it? 
If there's anyone else in here, I see some hands. If there's anyone else in here that's got blood pressure issues, that's something that just happens automatically. So don't try. Anyone else in this room, you got blood pressure issues, they're going down. It's normalizing right now as we speak. Why? There's substance in this room. You know, one translation of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, says it this way in the distilled translation. Now faith is betting your life on the unseen realities of God. I like that. In other words, let's go over or let's just flat go under. Like people in my life that have been so concerned with the crazy things that I've done have sat me down to tell me about how important I am to the body of Christ and we don't want to lose your ministry. You better reconsider whether or not you should do that. And then I always do it. And they always say to me, why in the world would you do it? I said, because I've been trying to lose my ministry for years. (laughs) Yes, in the back, what's going on? Hey man, how do you know if you wouldn't run? Is it about breathing deep? Woo! Now let me ask you a question. Everybody else can get in on it. If God would heal your lungs in this room without being touched, then wouldn't the spirit of healing lungs still be in this room for someone else? Hmm. You get a testimony about one lung being healed, one lung, amen, is the beginning of two and three and four and more. So who else in here has had problems with your lungs? Anybody has had problems with your lungs? Come on, let's just demonstrate that God's actually in this building tonight instead of you just hearing something. Yes, sir, is that a hand up, sir, right there? What kind of problems have you had in your lungs? The person with your hand up, I'm talking to you. What kind of problems have you had? Stand up, stand up so I can see you. What kind of problems have you had in your lungs? Uh, somebody help me with what he's saying, I can't hear him. Asthma, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you agree with and believe that this dear lady, all the way over there, it's a mile away, but the Holy Ghost, <laughs> amen, is in this building? that if he could heal her lungs where her lungs opened up for her to take a breath all the way to the bottom and breathe deep where she couldn't do that, which is very interesting when I did that. How many of you just breathed real deep? (laughs) It happens all the time. Isn't that cool? Like while I was doing that, you all went. (sighs) And you didn't even have any problems with your lungs. That's great. I love that. Do you believe that this woman did get healed in her lungs. And I know you do believe that. Then what's the possibility that on this side of the room, God has already touched your lungs and for you to run in place, to get out in the foyer and run and come back in here and put pressure on those lungs to be 100% that God would meet you and you will not have one issue again with your lungs. Is it possible? It is possible. What if God were doing that right now? What would that mean to you? That would mean you probably could do some things you normally wouldn't, right? Amen. I can't necessarily hear you, but you're shaking your head like you're saying yes. (laughs) Amen. I'm going to count to five. 
And when I do, if you'd like to be healed for the rest of your life, then why don't you get out in the aisle and do what you couldn't do? And go ahead and run. I haven't counted to five yet. Come on, run right up here. Run right up here. Now, you're never going to be sick like that again. You're going to be able to run all you want to. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, the next time you run, you can go faster. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So when you go back like this and you go back to your seat, you're going to go real fast. And, and when you get there, you won't even be breathing hard. So these lungs from this, well, that's it right there. Amen. See, there's a presence in this room. And you believe that, don't you? Yes, yes sir. Thank you for being healed tonight. Thank you, Amen. Now run back there like you mean it, okay? Okay, I want to tell you something. We'll get a report from him in just a few moments. What do you mean? Well, as he sits down and realizes that it's really all gone, and then it can become his reality and not just our reality, okay? So remember when Jesus, over in Matthew chapter 5, he was talking about some, this is in the, in the area where he was saying things like, you know, it's better to you know, take one eye out than to go to hell, and at least you get to heaven, and you know, he was saying some things like that. Well, he started off by saying, if you... Think about or imagine in your imagination the idea of committing adultery. It's the same thing as actually having done it. Remember that? Have you ever thought what Jesus just revealed to you? That the power of your imagination to heaven is, is, is an earthly reality? I'm going to say it again. The power of your imagination to see something to think upon something, to role play something is so powerful that to heaven it's as though you've actually done it and it's put to your account. Come on, I want you to see this. What are we trying to say? For the Holy Ghost to say to Brother Hagen, when he saw it and he believed that he received his healing, now you believe you're well. That must mean heaven must see his belief as though it's already done. Because why would you tell somebody, well, people ought to be up at 1030 in the morning if they were still in just a belief and not yet a physical experience? Unless the belief is tantamount to the same physical experience. We're missing so many of our manifestations because we've never taken them to the next step. We leave them in the arena of belief to heaven is excited because the belief to heaven is as good as it being done. It's already on your account. But for you to see it, you take it to the next step of realizing my belief is filled with substance and I actually have my manifest. See, this is faith. 
to teach it as though you just keep on believing and we're waiting on the manifestation. That's unbelief. You never see anything in the scriptures that supports that. I believe I received my healing, but I'm waiting on the manifestation. As though you're correct in your belief, but the Holy Ghost sometimes is just so busy, I have to wait a little bit. Are you with me? The very first revelation of the individuality of the Godhead is in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. And it totally debunks the idea that you can believe something and wait. Because it says God created the heavens and the earth. And verse 2, it said the Holy Ghost was hovering upon the face of the deep. What was he doing? He was hovering. What does hovering mean? It means to provide warmth like an incubator so as much to hatch. Why was he hovering over the, over the earth? Because he knew the game plan. He had been in the huddle. And the chief executor, in other words, the CEO said, we're going to create, boys. And this is the blueprint. And the Holy Ghost said, on three, hike. And he took off for the earth. He didn't take off on a picnic. They didn't say, where's the Holy Ghost? You gotta be kidding me. He's so squirrely. He's never on time and he's never in the right place. No, the Holy Ghost went immediately to the place of origin where there was gonna be a creation. And he began to warm it up and prepare it for what? Manifestations. Ahead of Jesus, who is the word, who spoke and said, light be. And the Holy Ghost said, oh gosh, that's my cue. And he had to run to get there. (laughs) No, he was already there. So the moment words came out, manifestation formed. Tangible earthly results. Oh, we're missing so much. We don't realize that we stand in the position of the Lord. We are his body. He is the head. And when we speak what he says, the Holy Ghost has been warming things up, waiting for manifestations. But we rarely take it to the next step. We stay in the realm of saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I receive, I believe, I receive. Well, then if you believe you receive, do something. I'm in a healing line in Iowa and I freaked out the pastor. I didn't mean to. But I got to a guy and he came up and I said, so what's your story? And he said, well, I just want to let you know Jesus is my healer and I know I'm the healer of the Lord. I said, that's awesome. I don't usually get a testimony first. I said, good, you can go sit down. And I went to the next person. And then he stood there like with his mouth, his mouth hanging open. And I looked back and I said, why aren't you sitting down? I'm in front of this person. Why aren't you sitting down? He said, because, ah. So I stepped over and said, uh, what? And this time he said the same thing, but it wasn't so confident. Because um, I believe that Jesus is my healer and I'm, I know I'm the healer of the Lord. And I said, I got that the first time. Thank you very much. You can go sit down. That's a wonderful testimony. I went to the next person. And then when I'm getting ready to pray the next person, I looked over and he's still there. So I said, why are you still here this time? He said, well, because, and I stepped up, I said, because of what? I said, you're not going to try to tell me that you actually have symptoms, are you? He said, well, yeah, I have symptoms. I said, listen, doc, I can't pray for you. He said, why can't you pray for me? 
I said, because you're a liar. He said, a liar, and Pastor Off fell on the floor, you know. <laughs> I said, yeah, a liar. He looked at me and goes, I don't believe one thing I said, do I? I said, no, not even one. I said, but the good news is, you can make a change right now. And it doesn't take long for God because he's fixing to heal you right now. But he just needs you in the right place. He said, you lay your hands on me, I'll be healed. I didn't even get my hand up to the top of his head. Power of God hit him, he fell on the floor. He got up completely healed. But look what he was gonna do. He was gonna spin me. He's gonna spin me. See, we learn to do that. We spin so we don't have to admit where we are. And look how simple it was for him to what? Just be honest with himself. If you can be honest with yourself, you can find him. If you can't find you, you can't find him. Come on, it's a principle. Like it or not, it's true. And there's nothing about this world that helps you to find you. Come on, Edison even said it this way. He said, if we didn't have the ability to deceive ourselves, we wouldn't like ourselves. Let that one sink in. That's really good. If you didn't have the ability to kind of just not see that and think, hey, man, I'm doing really well, you wouldn't like yourself. Hmm. Who else is getting healed in here? Come on, it's 824. What's going on, ma'am? You can see better with your left eye, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm going to stand here right now and put my hands up like this. You put your hands up with me. Father, I thank you. Not only better does she see, but perfect. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And it happens to her right now. Thank you, Lord, for her faith. She was even willing to lift her hands in front of this big crowd, which says she doesn't care about what they think. She'd rather have her healing. Wow, I like that. That's so awesome. Now begin to look. How is it now? Put the hand over this. Put the hand over this and do it one more time. Now look at it. How's that? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Amen.